Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. On today's episode of Just Healthcare Daily, the chief clinical officer of Florida-based Health First talks about the disappointingly low uptake of monoclonal antibody treatments in his community and challenges with the vaccine rollout. It's Monday, December 21st, and I'm Alex Olkin with Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in less than 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Dr. Jeffrey Stillnecker is the chief clinical officer of Rockledge, Florida-based Health First, a four-hospital system on Florida's Space Coast. We spoke last week about how the health system is distributing the COVID-19 vaccine and the monoclonal antibody treatments for COVID-positive patients. When we spoke last week, Health First hadn't received any of the Pfizer vaccine, but is expecting to get doses of the newly approved Moderna vaccine within the week. We do not know how many. They haven't told us how many, which makes planning a little bit difficult. Um, so we're going to have 200 doses to hand out next week or 2,000. Uh, and, and, you know, and as you're trying to plan your locations and how many you need to staff and all those kinds of things. So that's that's been a little tough. Have you decided how you're prioritizing healthcare workers once you receive doses of the vaccine? First and foremost, like everybody else, we need to offer it to those individuals that are dealing with, with COVID patients every day, you know, those in our ICUs and our COVID wards in the ED and so on. That, you know, that's, a, if nothing else, a commitment to them. But I will say they're not getting COVID within our facility. Our, our, our workers, they, we're so thankful they've been so careful. Uh, they're getting it in the community. So we also worry very much about our vulnerables within the system. I'm talking about those individuals in our system that are over the age of 65 or have diabetes or chronic kidney disease, hypertension, those individuals that if they acquire COVID are known to have much worse outcomes. So, so we want to get those folks vaccinated as soon as possible as well, particularly knowing that the biggest risk for all of our associates is really happening out in the community. I understand that Health First mandates its employees get the influenza vaccine. Is Health First mandating the COVID vaccine? We're not mandating it initially. Um, it's a new vaccine, and we understand that. There's more than one out there. It hadn't even been given out yet, so we don't have a lot of experience. Uh, we don't think that it, it's really right at this point that we would require it. The influenza vaccine's been around forever. We know it. We understand it. There's great data behind it. We do feel that we have an obligation to our patients and our customers 
to not give them influenza if they happen to come into our setting because our own associates have influenza. So, so we do require uh, 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 that vaccine every year, unless, of course, there's certain exemptions, religious or otherwise, that might occur. Um, it could be we end up there with the coronavirus as well. I mean, who knows? Uh, depends on you know the adoption and the adoption across the country. Uh, so that's that's a decision that can be made you know further down the road. Has Health First had patients calling asking for their place in the vaccine line or when they can get the shot? And how is the system handling those patient requests? Yep, where people are already calling uh, either providers or calling people they know in the system saying, hey, I'm 80 years old. You remember me, right? And I'm 80 years old. You know, I got to get the vaccine. We're trying to communicate as best we can. We are following the CDC's and the state's guidelines. The state has told us that the when the vaccine arrives, it's for the purpose of our of our healthcare workers within the hospitals. We also have a medical group and staff within that medical group. Technically, again, that's that initial allocation is not for them, um, but we're going to get it to them as quick as we can. And the state's already asking, how can we get out into the healthcare community, so to speak, outside of the hospital? So we're going to do that as quick as we can. But we're trying to communicate to the public at large that we're being given the vaccine with certain restrictions, so to speak. We're being told, at least in spirit, how we're supposed to to be administering it. And so we're going to follow those guidelines. Switching gears to the monoclonal antibody treatment made by Eli Lilly that has been given emergency use authorization by the Food and Drug Administration. There are reports that although the treatment is supposed to help COVID-positive patients who are at risk of severe illness or hospitalization, that uptake has been pretty low. And it's been hard for health systems and hospitals to figure out where to give patients the treatment. What have been the challenges for Health First in figuring out how and where to give the treatment? It does create some logistical challenges because your normal infusion centers are typically uh, involved in, in particularly oncology and, and treating cancer patients. And that's the last place you want to also bring COVID positive patients to receive an infusion. So the way these work is that the infusion uh, occurs over uh, about an hour and then you observe the individual for an hour after that for any side effects or reactions. So in, in our case, we sort of took a two-pronged approach. First, we recognize that a lot of our COVID diagnoses occur in our EDs, and there's no point of discharging somebody from the ED to go somewhere else to get their monoclonal therapy. I mean, they're there right then. And so um, we do administer it in every one of our emergency departments uh, if a patient is, um, you know, qualifies. But then additionally, we did set up one ambulatory uh, infusion center as well. We happen to have some space that lent itself well for that, had a separate entrance and so on. So we uh, stood up a, um, you know, a daytime uh, infusion center there as well. And individuals in the community can call. We have one central phone number uh, that goes to our logistics center. And then we have an individual that triages and sends folks to wherever we happen to have the inventory and, and the availability to, uh, you know, to treat them promptly. Has the system had enough supply for patients who have wanted the treatment? It looks like we've given out a little over 90 doses. We started just before Thanksgiving, maybe around the 24th. So in the last uh, three weeks or a little more than three weeks, we've given out about 90 infusions. So we've been able to stay ahead of that in terms of inventory. And then 
when the Regeneron product uh, got its EUA, we also got some shipments of the Regeneron. So we, we've been okay on, on inventory. What's adoption been like within the community? Have doctors been referring patients to Health First to get the monoclonal antibody treatment? I would say that we have been disappointed more in uh, the referrals we've gotten from the community. We have uh, had a marketing campaign, particularly to make um, the providers in the community aware of what our capability is, make it as easy as possible for them. Again, all they'd have to do is call one phone number and then we take it from there. Uh, But I I just read an article that I think this has been a challenge across the country. Uh, Members in the federal government complaining they they have a million doses of this stuff that they purchased and they want to know why we're not giving it. Uh, So it it has been a little more difficult to to get uh, participation out of the community. And that's why, again, at least uh, those that we capture in our EDs, we, we think is a great opportunity. Why do you think patients or providers have not been as willing to take the medicine or refer patients? Yeah, it's a mixed bag. Um, obviously, it's emergency use authorization. So, um, you know, the data is not, you know, solid as, as you would normally want. That, that will deter some people. I think you're always going to have individuals that maybe are COVID positive and, and meet the criteria, but will be hesitant to uh, want any type of a therapy that's that's involves infusion and you know there's been a lot of politics around uh, COVID in general. So I think you have that aspect. And then you know in medicine, you know, getting the word out uh, because there's so much going on uh, that that change the practice patterns of individuals, particularly in the community, takes time. Uh, it's just not like flipping a switch, whether it's this or or any other uh, new or different types of therapies that become available. That was Dr. Jeffrey Stallnecker, Chief Clinical Officer of Rockledge, Florida-based Health First. As Dr. Stallnecker mentioned, there's a lot of uncertainty about the vaccine rollout to different populations. My colleagues at Just Healthcare put together a timeline of when different populations can expect to get the vaccine based on CDC recommendations. One challenge for providers will be identifying, documenting, and managing patients in line for the shot. You can check out the timeline and the rest of our newsletter, The Weekly Gist, on gisthealthcare.com. Thanks for listening to Gist Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on gisthealthcare.com. Gist Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Gist Healthcare. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.